All right, if you got a Bible, and I hope that you do, let's open it up or turn it on, and let's find our way to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And as you are turning there, my name is Stephen Staten, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at Bell Shoals, specifically as the pastor of the Apollo Beach campus, and they are joining us live right now. Let's give it up for our Apollo Beach family. Woo! ABC in the 813. We are glad that you are joining us today. Um, I know that we're coming in uh, off the tail end of spring break, wrapping it up. Some of you got in last night. Glad that you're here. Others of you, you're still traveling and you are joining us online. Wherever you are, we are glad that you are with us today. And especially if you are new to Bell Shoals, we have taken the first part of 2022 and have been walking through this great book of Ephesians. And today we find ourselves in every parent's favorite section. (laughs) Holla back, right? Ephesians chapter six, verse one, where Paul was going to say, children, Obey. (laughs) Let's say that together on the count of three. One, two, three. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Y'all just want to pray and go home right now? You good? (laughs) And so we're going to dive into uh, God's word today and to see what he has for us. And I'm grateful that that we have his word to guide us this morning. So as you're turning there, let me set it up like this. Um, I don't know if, uh, if you've ever made a trip to Ikea. Any Ikea fans in the house? Let me see those hands. I see if you, we're gonna pray that God will save you. <laughs> Ikea. Now I'm not Catholic, but if I was and I believed in purgatory, I think it would look a lot like Ikea. You get in there and you can't get out. And so me and my family, if you don't know, we have five children, we have four boys, and then God blessed us with our sweet little Sophia, our little girl on the end. And so one day, Samantha, my wife, has the bright idea that we need some bunk beds, and so why don't we get in the car and drive to Ikea to buy them? And so we make the journey up there to Ikea, we're getting two sets of bunk beds, we're gonna put all four boys in one room and then allow sweet little Sophia, the princess, to have her own room. And so we go through Ikea, we find the bunk beds. Five hours later, we finally check out and make our way home. So I get the bunk beds out, get them upstairs in the room, open up the first set, and guess what the Ikeans forgot to put in the box? You've been there before, right? The instructions. And so I'm sitting there, and I know I'm wearing pink today, but I'm not going to let this take my man card right here. I'm like, I don't need no instructions. I can figure this out on my own. And so I began to put these bunk beds together without the instructions, and the more I'm trying, the more frustrated I'm getting. I'm getting madder and madder. I'm thinking ungodly thoughts. Don't look at me like you're all spiritual because you would be doing the same thing. And finally, after about 45 minutes, my wife comes around the corner, and she's like, hey, sweetheart, why don't you open the other set of bunk beds and see if the instructions are in there? To which I replied, like any godly husband would, woman, you need to submit to me. (laughs) Yeah, I said that, right? I said, genius. So I open up the other box and guess what's in there? The instructions. 
And so I was able to put the bunk beds together. They're still standing to this day and, and praise God, the rest is history. You know, it's one thing I married my wife, not only is she beautiful, but she's a lot smarter than me. You know, it's one thing for us to put something together without the instructions. It's one thing to put together some bunk beds without the right directions. It's a whole other thing to try to put together a home without instructions. And I'm thankful that God has given us his godly direction and wisdom and guidance for our homes so that our homes can flourish. And this is where we are in this section of, of Ephesians, where we've been talking about different roles in the home, husbands, wives, and now today, children. And so if you've been tracking with us over the last couple of weeks, you'll know that you know, two weeks ago, we started with the husbands. And we said, husbands, you men, you are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But the way I'm supposed to love my wife, Samantha, is a sacrificial love. That, that, that I love her, the sacrificial love. It's a love that keeps on giving. It's a love that keeps on going. It's a love that is in spite of and not because of. Are you tracking with me on that? And that as Jesus gave himself up for the church, guess what? I am to give myself up for my wife, meaning that I am to place her needs and her preferences ahead of my own. And I love her with a sacrificial love, just like Jesus loved his bride, the church. And then last week, ladies, uh, we put you on the hot seat. And, and we talked about how your role in the family, we talked about your favorite word in all of scripture, Ephesians 5, 22, wives, you are to, oh, lady, I thank you, submit to your own husband. And we said, what does this look like? It doesn't look like, you know, the, the, the man, the husband is demanding it. He's not domineering, he's not dominant. It's not, he's sitting on the couch saying, hey, bring me some more pretzels or whatever it is. No, because husbands, we are to lay our lives down for our wives. And we studied that word submit and we found out that it's a, it's a military term, which, which means this, and this is the key right here. It means ladies, that's you, key word, voluntarily. Not demanding, not, 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 hey, I'm gonna leave this around the house and show you why, hey, you better submit, no. No, I'm not demanding, I'm not dominant, no, no. It's the wife voluntarily and willingly placing herself under the headship of her husband and allowing him to lead the family, allowing him to have room to steer the family. And that headship, listen, ultimately, men, headship ultimately rests on us. That, that, that you and I, men, we set the spiritual temperature in our home. That men, you and I, we are the ones who are gonna be held accountable for how we lead our families. Some may say, well, I'm not a leader. Well, guess what, bro? You're leading your family. The only question is, are you a good leader or a bad leader? But you're leading. And that ultimately you and I will be held accountable for how we lead our families. And so now Paul comes to this section talking about children and how, how to raise children. Next week, we're gonna talk about how, how parents, how we are to raise our children in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. But today we're talking to the kiddos and that kiddos need to obey their parents. 
And, and here's what I want you to get just kind of as we're getting started right here, that this is not in this section of the Bible, this is not Paul just kind of slamming uh, things down like, men, you better, you better lead your families, wives, you better follow your husbands, children, you better, you better listen, you better you know, show up, shut up, listen up, grow up. It's not that at all. What Paul is getting at in this section is this, that hey, as we've been tracking through Ephesians, that if you have been changed by the gospel, that that if you've been transformed by Jesus, that, that if you're in Christ and Christ is in you and you've been changed by the gospel, then listen, that should change the way you relate to other people. That should change, husband, the way you love your wife. Wives, that should change the way you follow your husbands. And children, that should change the way you listen and obey and respect your parents. It's all about the gospel. And so the big idea, if you're a note taker, I'd encourage you to write this down. Don't pass notes, but take notes. It's this right here, the big idea that children, we learn to obey God by obeying our parents. That we are called by God to obey and honor our parents. And when we do that, we will learn in turn how to obey and honor the Lord. And so if you're here this morning and you're like, Stephen, I don't have any kids anymore. They're out of the house. Let me just remind you before we read scripture right here that we are all a part of the family of God. That Bell Shoals, we are a family here. So in essence, the children that are a part of this church are your children. And we as adults, we need to love them. We need to pray for them. We need to teach them. We need to serve them. Understanding that yes, there is a biological family that is held ultimately responsible, but there's also a church family and the church family should come along the side, mom and dad, and help love and disciple the children. And so let's turn our attention now to Ephesians Chapter six, three verses this morning, three verses. We're gonna get out of here in no time today. And Apollo knows that's not true, all right? Here we go, chapter six, verses one through three. Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, verse three, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Would you pray with me? Father God, I pray that as we walk back through these three verses, God, I pray that right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Father, we need to hear from you this morning. And so I pray for the parents in the room. I pray for the teenagers in the room. I pray for the elementary school kids in the room. God, I pray that you would help us to leave here more encouraged and more resolved to take advantage of the time that we have because we are here for just a little while. We love you, King Jesus, and we pray this name in your name, the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue confess that you are Lord. It's in your name we pray and believe. And all God's children said, amen, amen. So I got, I got four things for you this morning that I want you to take down. Four things. One is just kind of a general observation on this text. And then I've got three direct principles, three direct truths for you. 
So four things total, one general and three direct. And so we'll start with the general. Number one is this, I would encourage you to write this down, that we are called to value and care for children. We are called as a church family to value and care for children. The fact that Paul mentions children in such an important letter demonstrates the value the early church had placed on them. And it's significance in this passage right here, I'd underline children, that Paul uses the word children and not just boys. That girls in that time in ancient society were valued less. And it's like Paul saying, huh, huh, not on my watch, that is unacceptable. The early church had a high regard for children. They carried on the legacy of Jesus who said, man, you better leave those children alone. Don't try to keep them from coming to me. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is made up of people like this. And now this right here reflects the, the values of the Old Testament, which the Old Testament teaches the blessing of children and the need to instruct them. Which again, if you understand in that time when Paul is writing this letter in the Greco-Roman world, unwanted kids would have been thrown into the trash heap for people to pick up. And I don't think, well, at least people are picking them up. No, no, they would pick them up to turn them into gladiators or slaves or even prostitutes. But the early church came out and they set the pace and they said, no, 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 we are going to welcome the children. Which again is counterculture because in that time, kids were, were viewed as a, as a nuisance at best. And so because the early church valued, and listen, Bell Shoals, we too must rise up and we must value everyone who's been created in the image of God, regardless of ethnicity, background, gender, or age. Everyone created in God's image is important. And we as a church family, we need to celebrate when, when, when new life comes, when we have kids. I love what Dietrich Bonhoeffer, my favorite scholar, he, he said this. He said, it is from God that parents receive their children, and it is to God that they in turn ought to be led. And we celebrate children, that it is a joy, come on, it is a responsibility for us as parents to be entrusted with these little crumb snatchers. Y'all, I got five, okay, y'all pray for me. It's like they come with a stamp that should read yours for a limited time only. Why? Because when they turn 18, they leave it. They're like wet cement. We have a short time to teach them and mold them. And so we as Bell Shoals, we need to value children. Listen, come on, I would rather have noisy children in the church than no children at all in the church. Come on, holla back at me. Somebody help me preach up here. The day we get tired of seeing kids run around here and make a mess around here, we got bigger issues. They are our future, so we value them. Those of you who work and volunteer in kids' ministry, we salute you. We love you. We are grateful for you. For those of you who have not volunteered in kids' ministry, you need to listen to God's will, that it's God's will that you volunteer. Get off your blessed assurance and do something. I didn't say that in the first service. <laughs> We value children around here and those who value, we value those through foster care and through adoption. So may we as a church family 
imitate God by caring for children, welcoming children as Jesus did and as Jesus welcomed us. So number one, general statement on this, that we, that we value and care for children. Now, let's move. That's one general. Now let's talk about the three direct right here. And what we're going to do, we're just going to walk verse by verse through these three verses. We're going to let God's word speak because I just feel, I have this conviction, you need to hear more from God's word than from me, okay? So number one is this. These are the directs. Children, you should obey your parents. Verse one, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now let's unpack this just for a minute. This is not just talking about little children. That word children, you might want to underline that, has a lot of latitude in the text, meaning two things. Number one, that if you are living in the home under your parents' roof, absolutely you obey them. But, but two, also, if you are still under their authority, you need to obey them. You say, Stephen, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean under their authority? It means this, you may not live at home, but your mom and dad pay your health insurance or they pay your car insurance or they pay your cell phone bill or they give you gas money to get places. You see where I'm going with this. If that is true of you, even though you're not under their roof, you are still under their authority. And guess what? This verse is talking about you that you need to obey your parents. You know, I spent a lot of time in, in student ministry before transitioning into uh, uh, campus pastoring. And, and I was around a lot of families a lot of the time, and I remember talking and counseling with one family. Uh, they come up to me and they're like, Stephen, Pastor Stephen, we, we just can't get our 13-year-old to come to church. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we try, we try, we try to get our 13-year-old to church, but, but she just won't listen. And so finally, we just decided, hey, guess what? Hey, you're old enough to stay home by yourself, so she's at home and we come to church. And I'm like, can you just pump the brakes right here? So, so you're telling me, you leave your 13-year-old girl, your daughter, at home, and you come to church without her. That's right. And so as lovingly as I could, I began to have some questions. I said, okay, okay, so does she enjoy the air condition in your home? Well, yeah. Did, did, did she roll up in that pantry and eat that food in that pantry? Well, well yeah. Did, 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 she, did she drink those sodas out of your refrigerator? Well, well yeah. Th those clothes that she's wearing, who bought those clothes? Well, well we, we did. Okay, so, so who's the parent in this relationship? Well, well we're the parent. And as lovingly as I could say, I said, well, with all due respect, then you better start acting like the parent. You see, we live in a world, come on, and as lovingly as I can say this, where, where parents want to be friends and not parents. And therein lies the problem. God has called children to obey and parents to parent. 
I, I love the quote from the, from the Duke of Windsor uh, who came over to, to visit America and he came, this was several years ago and he's walking around America visiting, spent some time here, goes back to England and everybody in, in, uh, in England were like, hey, what, what, how, what was America like? What impressed you about America? What stood out to you? And, and this is what he had to say. The Duke of Windsor said, he said, the thing that impresses me most about America is the way parents obey their children. God has called children to obey. You say, Stephen, what does that look like? It looks like this, by hearing and doing what their parents say, regardless of whether or not you may fully understand or fully agree, you obey. I like how Paul put this in the parallel letter to the Ephesians in the book of Colossians. He put it like this, Colossians 3.20, jot this verse down. He says this, children obey your parents in everything. Now, not, not in what I want to, not, not in what's convenient for me. No, in everything. Why? For this pleases the Lord. Mom and dad, listen, you don't have to ask, should I make my children or my child listen or obey? You know, look how cute she is throwing her temper tantrum in Target. No, she's not cute. She needs to obey and respect. You don't have to ask that question, should I do that? No, this is what pleases the Lord and this is what is right. And so children, listen, if you wanna please the Lord, it begins with you obeying your parents. Even when you may not fully agree or even when you may not fully understand, you are still called to obey. It's verse one, let's go to verse two. Verse two, children obey in the Lord, for this is right. Number two, let's, let's talk about what we're all called to do. Children under the roof, under the authority, we obey, but every single one of us, we are commanded to honor our father and mother. That's what Paul says in verse two. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. So if you got a mom or dad, or if someone gave birth to you, which that's an all skate, we have somebody in our lives who we are supposed to honor. And what Paul does here, I think this is interesting and fascinating because Paul brings about the fifth commandment. And you can find the 10 commandments in Exodus 20 right here where he calls us, Exodus 20, where we are called to honor. And, and that word honor, you might wanna underline that in your Bible or jot a note out in the margin. That word honor means to value. It, it, it means to revere. It means to respect. It means to literally give weight. That, that, that I give weight to my parents. I honor, I respect, I value, I revere them. And like I said, I think this is interesting that Paul cites the 10 commandments. You know, in the Old Testament, you've got 613 big ones, or commandments total, but you got 10 big ones, the 10 commandments. And these are divided into two sections. Y'all hang with me, this is going somewhere. It's divided into two sections. Four of them deal with your relationship with God and the last five deal with your relationship with other people. So, so, so the first four deal with how you relate to God. That, that no, no graven images, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. It's all about your relationship with God. The last five are about your relationship with other people. Don't, don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do, all that stuff. 
That's just a joke, okay? Don't go, don't go looking for that in the Bible, okay? How you relate to other people. The fifth commandment, which is honor your father and mother, is right smack dab in the middle. And it serves as a hinge between these two sections, between the two sections of my relationship with God and my relationship with the other people. So the million dollar question is this, this commandment, honor your father and mother, is it about your relationship with God or is it about your relationship with other people? And the answer is, yes, both. Listen, it's about your relationship. This is so important, so important. This is the crux of the whole thing, y'all. This is about your relationship with a human. Honor your father, about your relationship with a human, your parents, who for a while stand in the place of God in your life. You see, when you're young, when we're young, our parents represent the authority of God to us. They, they stand in for God for a time. And we first learn to obey and submit to God by, hello, by obeying and submitting to them. We, we learn to obey, to respect. By learning to obey, respect, and submit to your parents, you learn to obey and respect and submit to God. Your parents serve as the training wheels to teach you to ultimately learn how to obey God. Listen, so that means that if you're living at home under the roof of your parents, which I know a lot of you in here are, if you're doing that, how you submit to the authority of your mom and dad is ultimately how you submit to God. Let that sink in just for a moment. Parents, do not look at your teenager right now, okay? Stay focused right here, baby, right here. You are not the Holy Spirit, okay? But teenagers, how you submit to the authority, how you honor, how you respect your mom and dad is ultimately how you submit to God. And listen, that's a double-edged source of parents. Listen, for me, parents, for me, if I got little ones at home, which I do, I got five under the age of 11 and down. This is why in the Staten household, you do what you wanna do, but in the Staten household, we take discipline so seriously. But because how my little crumb snatchers learn to respect me and submit to me is how they will eventually learn to submit to their heavenly father. So listen, I don't, de I don't demand my kids respect me because I'm me or I don't want you embarrassing me out there in public. No, I demand that they respect and obey me because of who I represent to them. I'm standing in the place of God. And I'm trying to teach them that ultimately, listen, bro, it's not about you and me. Ultimately, it's about your relationship with your heavenly father. And I care more about your heart than I do your behavior. And so you've got to learn to respect authority. And you first do that in the home. If your kid has the attitude, well, you ain't gonna tell me what to do. Guess what? They're not gonna get very far in life. They're not gonna be able to hold down a job very long. And if I want my boys, my four boys, to eventually leave the nest and go on to be world changers for Jesus, if I want my sweet little Sophia to marry somebody rich one day so that mom and dad can move in with them, <laughs> come on now. 
Listen, they first have to learn that, mom and dad, by the way they respect and honor you. Children, you learn to obey God by obeying your parents. And ultimately what Paul is saying here, this is so huge, that listen, if you won't honor your parents whom you can see physically and naturally, guess what? You will not honor God whom you can't see. Show me a child who is being disrespectful or dishonoring or disobedient to their parents and I'll show you something's going on in here. Because how I honor my parents ultimately determines how I honor and follow and submit to my heavenly father. So that's what Paul says, listen, okay, children obey. Children obey, and this is way bigger, this is way bigger. Honor your father and mother. This is a commandment. Why, because how you honor them is ultimately how you honor me. Let me pump the brakes right here because this brings up a, a, a great question that I, that I hear a lot. And the question is this, okay, so Stephen, all right, all right, what about when I'm older and, and I don't live with my parents anymore? Do I still have to obey my parents? I mean, I'm at the house, I'm doing my own thing, but mom and dad are like, you know, I'm supposed to leave and cleave, but I can't leave yet. They won't let me do that. What, what, what do I do with that? I, I knew of a couple, their, their parents forbid them. They felt like God was calling them to go on the mission field. And, and their parents forbid them from going. They're like, no, 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 you're, you're not going on the mission field. But they're like, you know, we feel like God is calling us to go. So, so what do we do? And, and guess what verse their parents were holding over them? Honor your father and mother. Right there, right there it is, right there. Ephesians 6, right there. You know, you know honor. So you don't need to go. You need to listen to us. So, so what do you do with that? Well, notice here, again, this is why we just read our Bibles. Notice here the command is to children Children obey. Children obey. And to all of us, it's to honor. As a child, you honor your parents by obeying them, by, by, by listening and doing what they ask you to do. Again, if you in the house, you obey. But as you get older and move out the house, you honor them in a different way. And this is where, again, it helps for us to understand that parents are a temporary stand-in for God. They're like the training wheels to obeying God. The point, ultimately, is to get my boys to obey their heavenly father. And so by the time you leave the house, you are supposed to have shifted the authority from your parents to God, and that God is the ultimate authority in your life. Which means this, when you are older, the way you honor your parents is by becoming the man and woman that God has designed and created you to be and ultimately submitting to his authority in your life. Even if that means you go against your parents' wishes sometime. Because again, the point, the point, this is a big idea. The point, the point is that I learned to obey God by obeying my parents. And the point is that when I get older and I'm out the house, the best way that I can honor my parents is by following through what God has told me to do by being obedient to him. And so for some of us in here, that means the best way that you can honor your father and mother is to defy their wishes and do what God is telling you to do. Again, that's only if you out the house. 
Don't take that sound bite and say, Pastor Stephen said, I could defy you if I wanted to. No, 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 no. Don't put words in my mouth. It's only if I'm older and out. I honor them by becoming the man of God and following King Jesus because that is the point of parenting. I stand in for a little while to teach my children submission and respect and obedience. And ultimately I take the training wheels off and I say, okay, now the ultimate authority in your life is God, you have to follow him and do what he is telling you to do. That's how you honor your parents. Beyond that, let me just give you just a few practical things right here. Come on, older children in the house right here this morning, ways that you can honor them. You can actually call them from time to time. Mom and dad, I know you watch every Sunday. I'll call you this afternoon, all right? Bang on it. You can call them. No, No parent ever feels like they are consulted too much or invited too much into your life. I've never heard a parent say, my kid calls me too much. Or you can ask for their opinion on things. Your parents have a wealth of wisdom and chances are there's nobody on this planet who loves you more or knows you more intimately than your parents. Or how about doing this? You know, if you're older and your parents are older, how about two words right here, ready? Two words, thank you. Let's practice that on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Thank you, mom and dad. Thank you for modeling Christ. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for all your hard work or or you can uh, make caring for them in their old age your priority, but whatever it is, children obey and we're all called to honor. Let's go, verse three, verse three. Last one, last one, we'll land the plane right here, okay? Verse three, Paul continues. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Verse three, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Big idea on this verse right here. And and this is beyond parenting. This is scripture in general, that God really does bless our obedience. That when you obey his word, blessings follow. And right here, Paul is saying, hey, okay, this, this commandment right here is tied to a promise. What Paul does, he combines Exodus and Deuteronomy here, the original promise to the Israelites, which involved a long and good life in the land of Israel. And he says two things, you do this, children you obey, you honor your father and mother. Here's the promise, it may go well with you that there's blessings and that you may live long in the land, there is safe keeping. That when you bring honor, when you obey, when you honor your father and mother, more importantly, you're being obedient to God, but it will go well with you. What does that mean? It's gonna go well with me. It means that your life will be easier and happier if you obey, if you follow through, if you do what your parents tell you to do. Listen, I know we got some teenagers in the house. If you're a teenager, make some noise. Holla back, come on. I see that hand in the air right there. Getting Pentecostal on easy now, all right? <laughs> Love it. And, 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 the, and the teenage years, the adolescent years, I mean, my, my kids, like I told you, my kids are 11 and under. I'm praying the rapture happens before they become teenagers, okay? <laughs> this is what I'm praying. I don't want to go through it. 
Because I know you got hormones going everywhere and you're told to defy your parents and authority and find your own way and YOLO, you only live once. I don't know if y'all keep saying that or not or that's something old or whatnot. But, but, but just think about me. Just think about this promise right here, okay? Think about it if you're a teenager. That it may go well with you. Well, let's just say, for example, okay, you're out with your friends on a Friday night and your curfew's at 11 and you come strolling up in the house at midnight. Is it gonna go well with you? Say no, no. You come, you, you, you come, you come in at midnight and guess who's sitting there to, to, to greet you on the way in? It's mama. And mama's all irate, man, where are you at? It's been your hour past curfew, where you been? And, and, and you're looking at her and you're like, well, you don't trust me. And she's looking at you, well, you're not responsible. Y'all fight, you go to your room, you slam the door, it's over. Next morning, Saturday morning, you wake up and your mama comes in there and says, hey, you need to clean up your room. It's 9 a.m. I'm so tired. It's 9 a.m. Get up, clean, clean up your room. There's a pigsty. It looks like a, a, a nuclear bomb went off in here. And you just lay in your bed about 45 minutes longer. She comes back in there, tries to get you out of bed. Uh, and you're like, mama, leave me alone. And all that stuff. So finally, you drag out of bed and you start to clean up your room, which means you shove stuff in your closet and underneath your bed. <laughs> I got boys. I know what they do. Open the closet. Right there it is. You didn't clean your room. And, you're, and, you're, and my mom and dad are like, man, you need to clean up. You need to do it right, man. You need to work as if you're working for the Lord. And so you spend the next part of your day on, on, on texting and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram, whatever it is you youngins do, complaining and moaning that your mama doesn't understand you, that your mama doesn't get you. She, she comes in your room and she says, you need to turn that music down. And so you blare a little bit louder out there. You're like, no, I, I'm going to do my own. I'm going to do my own thing. And you're, and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm just upset. You know, mama, you don't get me. You don't love me. You're so mean. You don't understand me. And so you sulk and you pout for the rest of the day. You're on your phone. Supper time rolls around. You're sitting at the table. All of a sudden you get a text that your friends were meeting up that night to go see a movie. And so you look over at your parents. You say, hey, hey. I wanna, I wanna go to this movie over here with my friends. Hey, but I, I don't have any money. It's gonna cost me 25 bucks. Can you give me 25 bucks so I can go with my friends tonight? What is mama gonna say? No! At this time, mama's done blowing a gasket, right? She's all over you like white on rice. First you came in an hour late past curfew and then you, you slept in, you did, you did a halfway job cleaning your room, you didn't do it right, I had to be on you the whole time. You stayed on your phone all day long, you pouted and you sulked around the house all day long thinking that you were in, in a prison camp or whatnot, that you, did, you weren't being loved and you weren't being nurtured and you, I wasn't petting you like I should and now you have the nerve to ask me to go out again with your friends and to give you money. Do you think I'm an idiot? Don't answer that, but no! <laughs> It's not going well with you because you're not following the scriptures. You're not obeying, you're not honoring. Now let's just, just kind of re 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 rewind that a little bit. What if instead of that, what, what, what if it went down a little something like this? It's a Friday night, you're supposed to be in at 11 o'clock. You come strolling in at 10 p.m. And your mom was like, what is going on with you? Did something go wrong? No, no, we were having a great time. I just wanted to come home early and spend some time with you. <laughs> Can we watch Dateline together? <laughs> your, your mama's checking your temperature. Like, what is wrong with you? The next morning you get out of bed on time and you start cleaning up your room without even being asked to. 
What? Ah, what? I know this is make-believe, but play with me. You start cleaning up your room. Instead of blaring that music that she doesn't like, you put on some music that she does like, like some Journey or some Snoop Dogg, something like that, right? <laughs> Teenagers, if you don't know who Snoop Dogg is, you know, just ask your parents, right? So you put, you stomp it on and something like right there, right there, and, 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 and you're loving it. And, hey, and you don't just clean your room. What do you do? You go clean the garage. You go, you go, heaven forbid, you go above and beyond for mama. And she's thinking she got the best son in the world. And then finally it's around supper time, you're sitting at the table and you're like, hey mama, man, some of my friends are meeting out tonight and, and, and they're going to a movie and uh, man, I would, I'd really like to go, but it's 25 bucks and I, I don't have that money. Uh, if it's too much to ask, what's mama gonna do? Mama's gonna be like, hey, you want 25? I'm gonna give you $50. Have no idea how you make your allowance go so far. It's going, come on, come on, come on, come on. Well with you. Do, do you see the, and I, this is not a hard fact, but when you have the maturity, teenagers, to, to obey and to honor, to, to, to give weight, to give value, to revere, to respect, the promises of, the promise of, that it will go well with you. And more importantly, you're following in the footsteps of Jesus to go well. He goes on to say, that's part one. Part one of the promise is gonna go well with you, but, but what about this long life in the land? What, what, what is Paul getting at right here? Okay, yeah, it's gonna go well with me. Blessings, yeah, I want it to go well. We want it to go well with you. We wanna give you blessings. You honor and respect, but what does it mean to, to, to live a long life in the, in the land? Does that, does that mean Paul's gonna bless or, or God's gonna bless us with a long life? Maybe. But again, there, there's exceptions to this because you've known people who were dishonoring and disrespectful to their parents and they lived forever, it seemed like. And, and then the, the flip is true too. I mean, we've known people who were, were great honoring their parents and they died early. So, so what is Paul getting at right here? I think what Paul's getting at, that when you honor your parents, even at a young age, that when you listen, when you obey, when you respect, there's a promise of long life. Why? News flash. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's because your parents really do know better than you. They do. Now, I, I, I didn't know that at 16 because at 16, I thought I was the smartest person on the planet. I knew it all. But, but here's the deal. When you listen to your mom, when you respect them, when you hear... When you give weight to them because they do know more than you do right now. When, when you do that, practically speaking, when you give them weight, you have a tendency or you're more likely not to go out and get drunk at an early age. Why? Because you want to honor your parents. You're less likely to go out and do dumb things. Why? Because I'm giving weight and value to what my parents have to say in my life. You're less likely to, to practice sexual immorality or run with the wrong crowd or date somebody who's not a Christian. Why? Because you are honoring your parents and you're giving them weight. You're giving them value. You're giving them respect. Why? Because they do know better than you do right now. And so generally speaking, when a person does this, they will live longer. Why? Because they're learning how to live. You need to write this down right here. This will blow your mind. But the older you get, the smarter your parents become. 
The older you get, the smarter your parents become. When I was young, my parents were dumb, but the older I got, the more I realized how smart my parents actually were. And so there's two promises right here that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And here's the bottom line right here. We're about to land the plane. Great spiritual blessings always come from obeying God's word. Great spiritual blessings always come from obeying God's word. Children, obey and honor your parents in the Lord. So let me read it again. Read it again as we're about to sing. Let me read it again. Ephesians chapter six, verses one through three. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse two, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And here's the promise. Verse three, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Again, let me just reiterate this. In this section right here, where where Paul's talking about the family, husbands and wives and children, and next week we'll talk about parents. Uh, Again, it's not, well, you just need to do a better job or pull yourself up by your bootstraps or come on, grit your teeth, you get it done. No, no, it's not that. What Paul is getting at is that if you have been changed by the gospel, that if you have, as in, in, in Ephesians chapter two, we learn that if you at one time, you were dead in Christ, or no, no, I'm sorry, dead in your sin, dead in your trespasses, if you were dead in that, but God made you alive in Christ, that he saved you, his, his great love, he's made you alive with him, he's seated with you, with him in the heavenly places. You were once dead, but now you're alive in Christ. If the gospel has changed you, then the first place that should be evident is how you relate with other people, specifically in your home. I've heard somebody put it like this, that you can measure the progress of your Christian life, listen to this, by how well you relate to your spouse, your parents, and your kids. That the truest measure of your Christianity is how you are at home. So think about that. Husbands, how are you relating to your wife? Wife, how are you relating to your husband? Children, teenagers, how are you at obeying and honoring your parents? But because the truest sense, the truest measure of your Christianity is how you are at home. So think about this question right here. If you based your spiritual progress solely, solely on how well you lived it out at home, how do you think you're doing? Completely based on husbands, how you're loving your wife, wife, how you're following your husband, children, how you're honoring your parents. How are you doing? And what Paul is showing us is that the quality, oh, this is so important, so important. Y'all get this. The quality of our horizontal relationships always go back to the quality of our vertical relationship with Jesus. That if this is not working, if this is broken, this ain't gonna happen. 
It goes back. If there is disruption here, guess what? There's going to be chaos here. And for some of us this morning, the best thing that we can do to be the godly husband that God has called us to be, to be the godly wife that God's called us to be, to be the godly teenager to honor, to obey, is to check this right here this morning. To say, God, okay, something's broken here. Something's off here. I'm not walking with you. I'm not walking in wisdom. I'm not walking in love. I'm not walking in life. I'm neglecting this. And as a result of this being off, this is off. Some of us, we can't be the godly husband that God wants us to be. We can't be the godly wife that God's called us to be. We can't follow through as, as, as children of God. Why? Because something is off here, which leads to us being dissatisfied and selfish here. So for some of us this morning, as we're about to sing, Christ be magnified in me. For some of us, we just need to take some time and say, okay, God, I've neglected you. I, I've tried to do things on my own. My, my marriage is, is falling apart. And listen, God never asked you to fix your marriage, but one thing God has asked you to do is to get on your face and allow him to fix you. Not being the dad that, you want me to be, I'm not being the wife, I'm being the husband, whatever it is. And, and as we get ready to sing this song, we need just to ask God, say, God, I want you to be magnified in my life. And the only way this, come on, the only way this is gonna work, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my friends, the only way this is gonna work is if I'm satisfied and secure in my relationship with my heavenly father. And so if that's not you this morning, or if that speaks to you, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna beg you, do whatever it is you gotta do this morning to get on your face before Jesus, to do business with him and ask him to fill you with the fullness of his measure. Ask him to strengthen you in your inner being so that he may rule in your heart so that you can be everything that God has called and saved you to be in your relationship with your husband, with your wife, with your kids, with your parents.